Just a heads up, this is a feel-good podcast, but we do talk about some mental health issues. If you or a mate needs help, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. So were you surprised with how popular Trademark became over Australia? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bloody oath. I mean, it's out of control. Hey there, you're listening to Good Talk Great Mate, a podcast made by young people for young people. Come join us for a chat on the banks of the Namoy River. So sit back and relax. Your mental break starts now. All righty. We're all good with levels? Awesome. Okay. Happy Friday. Thank yeah. you. You're going to say action, right, when we start? Action. <laughs> Hello and welcome. We're coming to you today from Two Max FM Studios on Camilleroy Country. My name is Jesse Weeks. And my name is Piper Williams, and we're both Narrabah High School students. Today I have my very cool trademark shirt on because we are lucky enough to be speaking to one of the trademark co-founders, Ed Ross. Ed and his mate Dan have a strong friendship, formed by their love of the movie Dumb and Dumber. But on a bit of a more serious note, these two tradies down their tools to dip their toes in the fashion world for a good cause. Trademark workwear is funky and loud for a reason. Founders Ed and Dan wanted to get people talking about mental health and make an invisible issue impossible to ignore. Their colourful shirts kickstart important conversations at Smoko, especially with tradies, truckies, farmers and people living in regional Australia just like us. Trademark has also teamed up with mental health professionals who have a toolbox jam-packed with free and realistic support services. Ed is a country boy hailing from Longreach in Queensland, and we'd love to give him a warm welcome to our podcast. So Ed, your shirts are awesome, but what's the story behind them? Well, first of all, what an intro. You've got to send me that as a clip because I'm going to use that from now on. That's fantastic. <laughs> but thanks so much for having me this morning. It's uh, yeah, great to meet you, Piper and Jesse. And sorry, Piper, what was your first question? Because I was taken away by your intro. Oh, that's all right. Um, your shirts are awesome. So what's the story behind them? Yeah, thank you. Um, thanks for donning one today as well. Looks oh, great. No worries. Yeah, so the story was, yeah, Dan and I, um, a co-founder and best mate, we met on a, on a building site in Brisbane in 2015. I'd been working in the Northern Territory for a few years and decided to move back to the bright lights of Brisbane. Yeah, started working for the same builder on the same day and basically, yeah, became sort of best mates and realised that we actually didn't want to be on the tools for the rest of our lives and started thinking about different business ideas and, and one of those was workwear and had no one had really done anything in workwear and why hadn't anyone done it and started to investigate that. And then tragically at the end of uh, 2016, Dan lost one of his close mates to, to suicide and that was sort of our first experience directly and indirectly with, with that happening and we wanted to make a change sort of to that space and realised that not enough people were talking about it and uh, we just became, yeah, more aware and wanted to make change, so rolled the, the two ideas together and launched Trade Mud in, in 2018. So Dan, so he has spoken before about how losing a close friend to suicide did drive him to start Trade Mud with you. And as a friend, how do you feel that you have been like helping Dan and how does he sort of cope with it, do you think? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, we're for, for both of us, it's been quite a um, yeah wild journey, I suppose. It's something that we never anticipated to become what it sort of has to become so far um i think that the hardest thing and the biggest realization for me um on on dan and how hard it's been for him is sort of retelling that story over and over again um i mean i don't know you know how he's done that for so long and it obviously has taken its, its toll on him um but i think the the thing that we're fortunate is that we do have each other we've got a really good team um 
both work on ourselves a, a lot, um, invest in our own mental health and well-being. And, um, yeah, I think it's just sort of knowing our boundaries and setting boundaries and, uh, yeah, being there for one another. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, yeah. Um, but how hard was it, do you think, to actually, like, start um, making that dream of, you know, getting into workplace fashion and making that a reality? How hard was it to actually develop something uh, that would really, like, help tradies, truckies, rural people? Uh, yeah, it wasn't easy. Um, yeah, yeah, it was imagine. not easy at all. So we've got, yeah, no fashion background, no um, textile oh. background or anything like that. Right, um, right. It, it was literally just getting work shirts that we liked wearing and then getting them sent over seas to manufacturers to try and replicate um, the same sort of cut and feel and fabric um, texture and then basically trying to find someone that could help us design the look of our shirts and yeah it really it took years of work to basically get to a point where we we're like okay we think this is a product we can go to market with and launch it but I think through the journey that we've learned is that no one expects anyone to know all this shit basically you've got to go and ask questions mm. meet people um, and if you meet someone that can't answer you the, the question that you've got you know if they're a half decent person they'll you know put you in onto someone that they think could help answer that question. And I think that's the, the, yeah, the most fortunate thing that Dan and I have always had is that if we don't know the answer to something or if we want to know how to do something better, we've always asked for help and it sort of goes to the ethos of, of our entire organisation. So, um, yeah, it's about putting your hand up really. Yeah. So were you surprised with how popular Trademark became over Australia? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bloody oath. I mean, it's out of control. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that we've been, yeah, sort of blown away um, continuously. I think it's, um, I, I think there's there's a few, there's a few things like, I mean, funky workwear, like, is just fun anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's just a fun element. But when people know the story and the reason behind it and the impact that we're making, I mean, um, yeah, people just love getting around it. It's obviously a, a serious conversation starter and people just love telling that story to people when they're wearing the shirts and it's just become a bit of a cult hit around Australia. And obviously, yeah, Funky Shirt Fridays, people, um, yeah, love, love donning them on a Friday and getting those conversations started. Yeah, yeah. So your work has an awesome impact and recently one of our local polo cross clubs, Cabaroo, wore your shirts. How stoked were you when you saw that they were making an yeah, impact? Yeah, no, we saw that. They sent through some photos and stuff as well. Shawnee, our um, customer service uh, manager, sent those through, so that was awesome. Yeah, it's amazing sort of seeing them out, um, you know, in local sport, stuff like polo cross. I know my wife and family are mass- mad polo cross people, so um, they love seeing those photos. And, yeah, it's just incredible hearing the – the stories of impact that are made just by people wearing a funky shirt to an event like that. It's really cool. Yeah. So focusing in just on men's mental health for a second, you have a really strong focus on men's mental health with Trademark. Uh, can you just tell us a bit about that? You know, why do you think there is actually like such a stigma when it does come to men's mental health? Yeah, well, the the, the thing was, um, yeah, people have always associated us with, with sort of men's mental health um, just because we're sort of two blokes. But, um, yeah, we're obviously for mental health across the board. We obviously try and break through to, to blokes um, more often as, you know, the statistics don't lie that they've, um, yeah, the suicide rates for, for males is, is far worse than it is for, for females. However, uh, we're just trying to change that, you know, narrative around blokes, you know, talking. I think that I've noticed that with my, my mateship group, um, me just being more open about 
what I've been through or going through, um, mm. how I've managed that um, and who I've talked to, to to get support and, and help me through it. You quickly realise that everyone's got a story. They just need the ability and the space sort of created for them to then open up and, and have that conversation with one another. So that's what we're doing. We're just trying to invoke conversation and, and get more people reaching out for help earlier. Yeah, yeah. It's really good, yeah. So you were just talking about the whole starting a conversation sort of thing. Um, one thing that I was wondering, I've seen it like as an acronym a lot. How do you actually like pronounce that? Oh, TX. T-I-A-C-S. T-X, yes. Yeah, okay, right, right. Uh, for TX, um, could you maybe just tell us a bit more about the sort of work that you do with mental health professionals and TX? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So TX uh, was launched by Dan and I as well about two and a half years ago. So what we realised through trademark was that the conversations that were being started with people in our shirts um when it got to a point where it was further than like a peer-to-peer conversation and they needed more support or needed to chat to someone professionally that use a journey to then go and seek out a mental health professional be it in regional australia even in you know brisbane it's yeah. really arduous task you to go and get on a mental health plan see a gp mm. take time off work then go and find a psychologist or a counselor then book in with them it's not fast enough and that's why there's obviously so many uh you know issues with with drugs and alcohol in australia due to coping mechanisms because they're just more accessible so we're like well why don't we try and make this service as easy and and accessible as we possibly can just by removing all those barriers so that's what we did we just started hiring mental health professionals and paying them a wage and saying when the phone rings answer it and start providing a service and that's sort of Mm -hmm. ballooned now into a yeah, fully fledged um, counselling um, support service that operates Monday to Friday, 8am to 10pm. We've got 14 counsellors now on the books. We've provided over $2.5 million worth of private sector mental health care to the Australian community for, for $0. Ooh, um, yeah. And yeah, it's, a, it, it's pretty cool. So the way it works, it's a lot different to other sort of crisis support lines out there. It's really early intervention. So I'm not sure if you've spoken to a counsellor or anyone before, but it's you obviously speak to the same person so you're not repeating your story and over and over again um mm. so that's how we've got it set up where you'll get you'll ring or text get set up with one of our counselors and then go on a on a plan with them um through your journey with us and yeah hopefully make some serious improvements through the through the process yeah that's awesome so you're obviously good friends with dan who you started <laughs> um trademark with what's it sort of like working together with that really good uh friend and do you think that's like those friendships are really key to good mental health, you know, having them not only in like your family, but also just uh, in like your workplace. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I've, I take my hat off to anyone who's a, you know, a sole founder in any business. I think it'd mm. be a, a very, you know, tough, lonely journey doing it on your own and, and people that have done it. So yeah, I, I really do take my hat off to them. For me and Dan, yeah, we've been very fortunate to have each other where, yeah, polar opposites. Dan often talks about the, uh, personality testing that mm. we did sort of the first couple of years into our business and we are literally the other side um, of the circle. So, yeah, we're, we're polar opposites as as people and how we work, which in a way creates a lot of frustration but also creates a lot of benefits too because we both take on things that neither of us really want to do, which is great. Um, yeah. But I think from a mateship standpoint, yeah, we've got a very unique relationship. We're more, it's more like a brother, you know, more more like brothers, if not we're almost married really. My wife and um, Dan <laughs> and I often joke that, uh, yeah, I'm in two marriages, one with him and one with my wife. <laughs> so because you're so close, um, you obviously come from very different backgrounds. So you were in Longreach and Dan from Sydney. What perspectives did you bring 
coming from such different backgrounds to trademark when you were first discovering yeah. Yeah, well, for, for Dan, it's obviously um, he's got like a, a lot more sort of world experience, I would say. He's got he's got a little lot more understanding about, um, you know, yeah, the real world probably, whereas my sort of sheltered uh, bush lifestyle growing up, I wasn't, um, yeah, really across the multicultural uh, metropolis of, of Sydney. So some of the things that he he's obviously um, taught me ha- has been really cool and um, has helped, yeah, obviously the business. He's a great communicator, great people's person. Um, he can meet anyone, anytime and, and, you know, in 15 minutes be their best mate and be yarning away. I mean, he yeah, did it a few weeks ago with a, like an 87-year-old bloke after this concert we were at. He was there for two hours just chewing this bloke's ear off and they were both there just in hysterics laughing. So he's got a, um, a pretty incredible ability to, you know, create relationships with um, with most people. And I suppose from my side, it's um, I've just got a, a broad range of, of friends and stuff through through Australia that we go to events and, you know, bush people are always connected somehow. They know someone or know of someone that went to a certain school or um, or college or whatever. And it's just, um, yeah, this really large community of people that I've been lucky enough to be um, connected up with. Yeah. So you're originally from Longreach. Yep. Yep. Good old Longreach. So do you think that there is more of a stigma or do you think more people are suffering in remote areas and just not talking about it? Or do you think it's pretty even with urban living oh i think now with how connected everyone is you know on, on social media and, and stuff like that i think we've all we're we've all got varying levels of um you know issues mentally and and physically and all sorts of things but it's um yeah i think in the rural community um there's obviously been changes with you know there's been rain and stuff like that so there's sort of been renewed hope and sort of you know people are probably um you know feeling a fair bit bit better but I think that it all comes back to just building that resilience um all the time so I'm actually yeah working on a an article for the country life about um you know people always talking about you know drought proofing and stuff like that when there's there's good times on we also need to be sort of you know drought proofing our minds as well and sort of building up the toolbox and the resources to to ensure that when things do get tough and hard again which they inevitably will that we've you know got the things you know, learnt or implemented in our in our daily lives with discipline or whatever that is to, to ensure that when things get tough, we're, we're going to be all right and, and work through it. I think that's the, the big message that I'm sort of pushing at the moment, we're pushing. Do you find that it's harder in rural areas to actually speak out because it's so small? Oh, it's a complex one. I think it, it sort of depends. I think some, some people may feel, you know, isolated. Some people, yeah, may not trust that things will be um, discreet. So, yeah, I suppose it, it is a difficult one to answer. I just think it's, yeah, making sure that people know it's okay to have these conversations first and foremost, you know what I mean? Like going and seeing a psychologist or a counsellor is very normal. I mean, I do it, my wife and I have done it, um, Dan does it. So it's like the, these are normal things. It's like sort of, yeah, going to the gym or being on a healthy diet, going and um, looking after your brain. It's a, it's a really important thing to do and it's um, – once people have gone and done that, then going and telling their mates about how, how beneficial it's been so we can sort of change that uh, that narrative around help-seeking behaviour. Yeah. Going back to your trip to Wee War, you were pretty popular with the Wee War ladies, I yeah, hear. Yeah, Dan was. Yeah, like I was saying, he gets all of them. <laughs> so why did you think that it's important to travel to rural areas? Well, um, I think it's because it's a, a, a place that most um, – most services and stuff like that don't get out to enough. I think that, um, yeah, our ability to, to get out into um, rural Australia has been, yeah, highly beneficial. Um, obviously, 
smaller communities they're they're, they're tight and knit it can be harder for people to to reach out and and get help in smaller communities because they feel as though yeah everyone sort of knows everyone's business so sort of us being able to come out and and bring that tax service and 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 push that through so everyone knows they can sort of ring up and be anonymous and no one knows that they're they're going getting that support um has been yeah highly beneficial we've seen really good um yeah pick up from from rural communities through that yeah cool so one of the reasons i got into this podcast is about 13 years ago, I actually lost my dad to suicide. So what other, I guess, for people who have lost someone to suicide, what sort of coping mechanisms, I guess, other than seeking help, would you think would be beneficial? Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, Piper. That's um, that's tragic. And I think yeah. that the, uh, yeah, it's sort of a hard, hard question to answer. I think it's, I think it's more figuring out what works for you because I know that a lot of a lot of things you know there's sort of no cookie cutter approach to any of this and I mean you've obviously yeah been dealt a yeah a serious um a serious hand there and it's 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 figuring out what works best for you to sort of manage through that and, and everyone else that goes through you know different forms of grief and, and tragedy it's working out what works best for you because it could yeah. be yeah going and running ultra marathons it could be you know right you know writing journaling it could be you know throwing yourself into a, a new job or role or whatever it is there's, there's so many different things uh, but i think it's just finding what what works and what's a healthy coping mechanism for sure you know what yeah. i mean a healthy coping mechanism definitely so i think perhaps one of the hardest things to wrap your head around if you've lost someone to suicide is why i guess when you're trying to have a conversation like I don't know, it's just a very sort of closed off topic a bit. Like people aren't that open to talking yep. about it, like after they've passed, yep. I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, there's obviously, you know, people go through, um, you know, grief and, and stuff, you know, differently, as I was saying before. But it's if you're, you know, wanting to start talking about it or seek someone to, to work through it, then, you know, finding a professional or a mate or someone yeah. that you can start that journey with do you know what I mean I think that that's the, the most important thing because when you are ready and wanting to um, it's time to go and find that that path to be able to do that and you also can't force anything on anyone else I think that's the most important bit you know um, being out trying to trying to force something down anyone's throat never works it's it's sort of leading by example and, and setting your course yourself and um, trying to bring yeah. them along with you if it's mm-hmm. beneficial you know what I mean yeah you have um picture of animals on your social media do you think that they play a key role in helping your mental health oh absolutely i mean anyone that has a dog um and doesn't think that they're an improvement on your mental well-being yeah you've got the wrong dog so i think that um yeah they're, they're hugely beneficial i know our little sausage dog jerry here is a uh yeah good provider of good times for us be it you know horses cats whatever it is um having having animals and and, and um yeah direct impact on your on your mental well-being I think is uh yeah directly correlated for sure and so you have your own podcast so how do you think we're going <laughs> you're going really well it's not easy and we're actually we actually uh we've we cheat because we always do it in person we've never done it um over over video and the reason is is because it's hard to obviously yeah get a rapport and build a relationship via video so you're doing a fantastic job by using this medium by the way because it's definitely not easy because we've never signed up to do it ourselves so well done thank you yeah yeah so just for the listeners who don't know we don't actually have ed uh with us in the room we're just sort of uh interviewing him over a video call and that's really good uh it's working quite well but thanks for that feedback that's really awesome to hear 
No, no worries at all. No worries at all. So you guys have spoken a lot about owning your mental health. How do you think people can just uh, take better care of themselves in general? I think it's just small things. I think it's just, um, yeah, beginning to invest in yourself personally. I mean, you know, the first thing that I sort of started doing along the journey was trying to figure out how to eat better because I just didn't feel great. So, you know, started looking into how to, you know, eat better food, get in better routines, then get into a gym routine. So, you know, getting out of bed at a certain time, getting to the gym at a certain time every day, doing that repeatedly. And now it's sort of ballooned into, yeah, now I've got a chest freezer full of water in my downstairs seeing that I have an ice plunge every morning <laughs> at 25 past five oh, okay. and wow. um you know so it's just like starting that sort of like personal development and um yeah investing in yourself and you know reading books and, and all those sorts of things is numerous ways but I think the journey you just need to sort of start and stick with it and continue to build off it yeah yeah that was really good hearing how you stay positive through it all that's really good to hear just For sure yeah what you do personally that's interesting uh your sort of personal experience improving yourself in small ways uh, just quickly, like what else do you think could really help country kids? Like what sort of services and initiatives do you think would be most beneficial? It's <sighs> a tough one. Um, I suppose I suppose it's just, you know, more investment in community um, sport and, and community programs, getting people to come together. I know that, you know, growing up, mm. um, you know, outside Longreach, I was, you know, we'd go into swimming training two days a week, Tuesdays, Thursdays, you know, it's a 120k round trip and, um, it was just the, the greatest thing ever, going and seeing your mates, going doing swimming carnivals on weekends, pony club, um, playing cricket. You know, those things are, are, are what, you know, bond people together and, um, yeah, forge really strong relationships, which then you can, you know, lean on in, in tougher times. Um, I think that, yeah, community sport and community programs, I think, is the, is the most important thing in, in rural Australia. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting that you say that. Yeah, it's not anything that's like, you know, necessarily the most professionally you know uh, costly or anything it's just those sort of basic things you know hanging out with other people when you're younger and just staying social absolutely yeah for sure yeah yeah so speaking of your younger self what advice would you give to your younger self if you were him now <laughs> probably don't be too hard on myself I think I um you know coming out of, of high school um I think a lot of people feel the same way um but put too much pressure on themselves to sort of have all the answers and know everything and, and, and sort of the idea of, um, you know, you're in the big world now and you should should know everything. I think, yeah, yeah basically the first thing would be, yeah, not being too hard on myself and secondly, um, know that I, you know, accept that I don't have all the answers. But you can find, like, you can find out all the answers. Um, you just don't know all the answers, if that makes sense. So going out and, um, yeah, asking is, is the most beneficial thing I've had and, yeah, learning from good people. Yeah, yeah, that's good to hear. Um, would you suggest that people do become tradies, especially in rural areas? Yeah, it's a bit of um, a topic nowadays where it's like not even a topic, just more of like a pressure to, you know, oh, you finish school, you should go to university, like especially if you've gone through to year 12. Like it's a bit of pressure to go to university, but do you think you should take the time to consider tradie sort of jobs? Yeah, I mean, anyone that wants to become a tradesperson, become a good tradesperson, they'll never be without work and they'll probably yeah, be yeah. some of the wealthiest people in the country. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no tradespeople around. Um, everyone I know that um, has a trade-based business just cannot find people. So yeah, I think having a trade is incredibly beneficial. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing wrong with doing a trade, that's for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. Just really great to be able to hear what you guys are actually, you know, trying to do, trying to, how you guys are trying to um, help just in rural areas. And just with that, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything thank else? Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? Yeah, absolutely. Well, firstly, yeah, thanks for having me on, Jesse and Pipe. Obviously, um, it's no easy feat interviewing a, a random person on a Friday morning, so I really appreciate that. Um, and great work. I mean, it's obviously, yeah, it's important uh, important work that you guys are doing as well by having these conversations and sharing that through, you know, your cohort in school. So really well done. Yeah, lastly, if there's yeah, anyone listening that, that wants to um, chat to a, a mental health professional, um, free and ongoing. It's uh, yeah available through TX. So oh four triple eight four six nine double eight Monday to Friday, eight am to ten pm. And yeah, apart from that, hope everyone has a uh, an amazing day. Yeah, I think we're gonna insert a photo of my um, QR code for the TX site in our show notes. Oh, love it! Love your work. Thank you so much for joining us again. Thank yeah. you. No worries. Thanks so much. Take care. Happy Friday. Thank you for listening to the Good Talk Great Mate podcast. This podcast is proudly supported by the Narrabri Shire Council and funded by the New South Wales Government. If you or a mate needs help, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14 and check out our show notes for more helpful resources. If you found this episode helpful, feel free to leave a comment or share it with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe and follow our socials to make sure you don't miss the next one. Catch you next time.